Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. John chapter 6. And we begin reading and it says, After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miracles, signs, as he healed the sick. And then Jesus, the Jew, and then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly the time of the Jewish Passover celebration. Verse 5, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. I want us to submit to you today or suggest to you today that anytime you feel that you're being tested by God, God already knows what he's about to do in your life. He says, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Verse 6, and he was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. And Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. And then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a younger boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000. Someone shout 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. And so they picked up the pieces and filled the 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Amen. Can we bow our heads for a moment? Father, we just thank you. And I just pray, God, in these next few moments as we share uh, your vision for this church community, God, that you really speak to our hearts, Lord. And Lord, that, uh, that this really may be much more than a preaching or a message. That this may be much more than a routine Sunday where we sit and we hear and we kind of go out to eat and we just kind of live our lives as if we didn't just hear from the voice of God. So we ask that today, today our, our minds may be different. Today our thoughts may be different that we may be fully present here today. But this morning, we may not be distracted by what sometimes the enemy will throw darts in our minds or seek to intercept your word being shared by distraction. God, that we may be fully present today, that we may be fully here today to hear what your word has to say, God. And I thank you, Lord, uh, just for the amazing privilege of pastoring 
this beautiful, munificent church. And thank you that I'm married to the most anointed woman on the planet, Lisa Remedios. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know why I stopped saying that for a while. My, my wife was like, how come you stop, you know, thanking God for me in public? I said, I don't know what must have happened. We're going to fix that. Amen. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I, I know that we oftentimes remember the first of something. You know, like, have anybody remember their very first kiss? Praise God. We're in the right church today. Some of us shouldn't remember our very first kiss because it was inappropriate when you had your very first kiss. So many very first times of something. You Maybe the first job you had or uh, the first time you fell in love. Oh, my goodness. Just like, you know, your first time you fall in love, you're just like, why, Lord, why? Um, but I don't think oftentimes we remember our first argument. Like our, our very first argument, right? I, I think that we should have a uh, celebration for the first argument. You know what I mean? And I, and I love, you know, me and Lisa were very good friends prior to our marriage. We were, you know, we were that type of couple that everyone said should be together. You know, oh, you know, sister so-and-so. You know, the worship leader should hook up with the pastor. You know, <laughs> and <laughs> that's horrible. And Lisa, and Lisa, were the, we just had a really great chemistry, right? You had a really great friendship. Here's some dating advice that you should be really good friends with the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. Amen? Because, I, I, I mean, I've seen so many relationships that they're like, I don't even like him. Well, I don't even like her. Well, you know, maybe you should become best friends. And I love that about me and my wife. But, but um, you know, we were the type that we finished each, each other's sentences, you know. We were the type, like I remember I used to talk to her over the phone and she would work. Uh, she was working in the city, and she would literally walk, walk from Midtown all the way to the ferry talking to me on the phone. Come on, somebody. Of course, I was imparting in her life, and we were having a Bible study over the phone. You believe me, right? And, uh, you know, we really had a great, great, great chemistry. I mean, I never thought that I would be able to get Lisa upset. And uh, I remember, you know... She laughed way too hard on that one, baby. I was just. <laughs> and uh, I remember the first time, uh, maybe not the first time, but one of the biggest arguments we had, or one of the most uh, biggest tensions that her and I had was on the conversation, or was in the conversation, it was about finances. And I don't know if you know this, I don't know if you picked up on this, but I'm a pretty structured person. I, I'm the guy that, I'm the planner in the relationship. You know what I mean? Have you, and you know, any, are you the planner in your relationship? And then there's, you know, the other side to that. There's two kinds of people. They're the planners, and then there's the, how do you call those? The spontaneous, free, liberal. My goodness. Get some structure in your life, people. Right? And so Lisa is kind of like very free-spirited, and she kind of goes with the flow, and, you know, she's just like have hummingbirds when she wakes up, and just everything is going to be good. You don't have to plan. You don't have to structure. Who needs to pay the rent? We can just go on vacation. Rent will always be there, and I'm just not that guy. 
You know, I'm more of the, like, the very structured person. I want to I make sure that we have a plan, we have action. And, and I remember the first time her and I discussed finances. Because I thought, can I be honest? I thought my wife was demon-possessed, and we were going to have to rebuke demons. Like, I remember the first time we were doing a budget. She was like, what does that mean? I was like, you've never done a budget? You just, you, you get your check, you spend what you, all you can, and then whatever's left over, you try to pay the bills with it. And I remember structuring a budget in my home, and it was a very, like, it, I'm telling you, if you were to walk into that room, it was, I mean, smoke was coming out of our ears. It was a very tense conversation and argument. And I remember the first time I told my beautiful wife, who we finished, we finished each other's sentences, that we never got off the phone. We would go to sleep at 4 o'clock in the morning because we would be on the phone talking about how much we loved each other. The moment I said, we're not going to be able to do that. No, you, you can't buy that this weekend. <laughs> Come again? Now, honey, we're not going to be able to do that in this, this, this week. Now, now, mind you, my wife has worked there for 12, she was working there for 12 years. And I'm, to be honest, she was actually making a little bit more money than me at the time. And she's from Brooklyn. And check this out. And she was financially independent until she met me. In other words, she was able to do whatever she wants with her money. And you got this handsome fellow right here. Excuse me, honey. We're not going to be able to do that. This paycheck. ¿Qué lo que tú me dijiste? And I remember, like, we went back and forth about what needed to get done. And I remember this took place, like, argument. We talk about repetitive arguments. This was one of those arguments that we had maybe the first six months of our relationship where we would have to sit down. And I, pr I promise you, every time we had to go do a budget, we would sit down, lock ourselves in a room, and walk out three hours later in a room because it was so tense. It was so heated. It was so difficult. I'm Lisa would walk out there. Like, I would walk into those financial meetings with napkins <laughs> because my wife would walk out there. And I promise you, she never said it, but I could hear, I, I could hear her thoughts. This guy going to tell me what to do with my money. He don't know. I'll be working 40, 60 hours a day. And, just, you know, and here's the deal. Like, as much as me and Lee loved each other and as much as we were meant for each other and as much as, I mean, she finished my sentences and we stood speaking for hours and we had such great chemistry. When we spoke about finances, especially in the beginning of a relationship, how many of you know that sometimes you need to have difficult conversations in a relationship? Like, I always say, like, best friends are not really best friends until they fight. You're just acquaintances until you get into a, a fight. And we're going to see the test of that friendship right there. We're going to see the test of that friendship. Let's test that friendship real quick. But I know that there are some times that we have to have difficult conversations in order to go to the next level of our relationship. 
And I, one of the things that, um, when it comes to finances, no matter how close you are with your spouse, or no matter, it's always difficult. Matter of fact, finances is one of the top reasons why there's divorce. Do you know what has to do with finances? Top reasons why there's divorce because of finances. Now, that'll never be me and my wife's issue because she knows how to do a budget. Let's praise the Lord for that. Come on, somebody. Tell the truth and shame the devil. We can teach Brooklyn. We can teach Brooklyn. I'm just kidding. We love you, Brooklyn. And uh, I say that because today we're going to be talking about finances. Nobody, and no amens on that one, all right? All right. I was waiting for the amens. I thought, I thought someone was going to break out in the Holy Ghost when they heard that one. Um, because today we're going to be talking about finances. And, you know, finances is not an easy conversation to have. And uh, if you're here for the first time, can I be honest? This is your, I'm glad you're here. Can we give a round of applause to any of our first-time visitors? <clears throat> and maybe you just started coming. Maybe you've been coming just maybe a couple of weeks, and you've been like, man, I just started liking this church. I thought this church was awesome, but now we're going to be talking about money. Um, why did you invite me on this Sunday? Well, I just think that uh, today this conversation may not be directly to you, but we want you to kind of sit in, sit in on a conversation that we're going to have, and you're kind of taking a peek at the back curtains of what happens behind the scenes uh, here at Kuhau. So we want you to just sit there. As a matter of fact, we don't, expect, we don't expect anything from you other than just sit and enjoy. As a matter of fact, this service is a gift to you, and we don't want you to leave empty-handed. We want you to leave with something in your hands. So before you leave today, we want you to see Guest Connections as we give you a gift if you're here for the first time. So this message is really not directed to, if you, to any first-time visitor, but we're so glad you are here. However, we do want to share with those that call Kuhau their home, those that call Kuhau the spiritual house uh, that God has called them to serve in, to be in, to gather at, to have purpose in. If you call Kuhau your home, can we give God some praise in this house? <laughs> So uh, as we continue in this conversation, uh, speaking about generosity, speaking about purpose, speaking about God's vision for this house, I promise you that when we, when we are communicating here, we're being careful to communicate with our church what God's vision for this church is. And sometimes that involves finances. Sometimes that involves money. Look at the person next to you. Tell them money. So if you're here today for the first time, you're just, you're just kind of like, uh, you're kind of just peeking at the backstage curtain and just, you have a, a backstage pass to what's going on here. And we want to say to you that when we speak at Kuha, when we speak about finances, and when we speak about generosity at Kuha, when we speak about giving, when we speak about money, we never do it in a condemning way. I mean, I remember growing up, there were churches that I've gone to, and preachers would always use Scripture to manipulate people into feeling condemned, to feeling shame, to being guilty. Listen, if you're here today, uh, I want to say that there is no CSG. That's our number one rule. Look at the person next to you tell them no CSG. So now, now ask them, what is CSG? It's no condemnation, no shame, no guilt. You are not allowed to feel condemned in this house. You are not allowed to feel shameful in this house. You are not allowed to feel uh, 
guilty in this house because we believe, listen, we don't only, the reason that there is no condemnation in this house, the reason that there is no guilt in this house is because we trust in God. But guess what, Kuhau? We also trust in you. And we believe that Christ uncensored house of worship, man, that's a long name, Kuhau is a generous church. Amen? Amen? And so at Kuhau, we've experienced the reason that there's no, we, we're not trying to guilt trip into anyone, anyone into giving. We're not trying to make you feel bad. Please, I want to reassure you that this is not a guilt trip. This is not a message of condemnation. This is not to try to manipulate people or coerce people or try to get people to, this is not about, as a matter of fact, what leaves your hand. This is about what God is trying to put in your heart. Amen. And so, I, and one of the things that we love about this church is this is a generous church. And as, uh, this is a very new church, three and a half years that we've been serving since we left um, uh, the house. And at, from the moment we left the house, or even before we left the house, Christ and Censored has always aspired to be a generous church. And at Kuhau, we've had some amazing wow moments. Look at the person next to you. Tell them wow moments. And so at Kuhau, I want to talk about some of these wow moments um, uh, a, couple of, a couple of years ago, we started something called Heart to Give Sunday. And we said there was maybe about 40 people in this room or maybe about 30 people in this room. Uh, we had only been a church for a year public, publicly. Um, and I remember that we said we were going to raise $5,000 to kind of set the course for our year and to raise funds for what God was calling us to do in 2015 at the time. And we, we set a goal for $5,000. And guess what? Kuhau is so generous that we, did not, we not only raised $5,000. Through the grace of God and through your generosity, through trusting in God and trusting in God's people, we didn't just raise $5,000. We raised $8,000 in 2015. Can we give God some praise there? See, we trust in God, but we also trust in you. Not only that, last year we set a goal at Heart to Give Sunday, and we were looking to raise $10,000 to purchase all the equipment that we needed to equipment, and I want to say, by the grace of God, everything you see at Kuhau is, is completely owned. We are not in debt. Come on, can we praise God for that? We're not in debt at all. We, everything is paid for. The sound equipment that you see at Ignite when you go there, that's all paid for. And that's through the generosity of God's people. And so at Kuha, we look to raise $10,000. But I thank God because he is not a God of enough. He is a God more than enough. He is not a God that just gives you what you need. He gives you more richly and abundantly above all you can imagine or think. And so we didn't just raise $10,000. Through the grace of God, through the generosity of his, of his people, we raised uh, over $14,000 towards what God is doing towards the vision of this house. Come on, I think that deserves a praise break for a second and just give God some praise. And so today's message is, is just talking about what God is calling our church to do. It's talking about what God wants for our church to do. And we are a generous church I mean, we, we, we were able to make a difference in, for this Christmas, volunteering uh, for the Salvation Army. And we were able to participate and help over 100 families get gifts that they would not normally have had we not been there as a church, as a generous church. Come on. 100 families in Staten Island. Come on. 
uh, we were able to uh, go and donate our time to the cerebral palsy um, uh, location where we were able to just minister to people uh, that have special needs and make a difference in their life. Man, not only that, their caretakers were like, man, this church is so blessed. Man, thank you so much. We haven't had a church do this for us ever, but Christ Uncensored stood in the gap and said, hey, people with special needs need ministry too, and we were able to be there and be a blessing for their life. Amen? So today's Vision Sunday and we're going to be talking about being able to see what God sees. See, sometimes the gap between what God wants for us is are we able to see what God sees for us? See, many times God has something for us, but we are unable to perceive it yet. Many times that God wants something to give us, but we are not able to see what God sees, and we're only able to see what's in front of us. And I thank God because if we can tap into what God sees for this church, man, we can walk in the fullness of all that God has called us to do. Amen? And so in today's scripture, in John chapter 6, we're going to talk about this young boy, this young boy that gave all he had. And it starts at verse 1. And this is really, I think that we can find some conclusions on giving uh, from this. We can learn some conclusions. We can take some notes about this young man. And it says, after this, Jesus crossed over the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. Now watch this. It says, I'm just going to fast forward to verse, uh, well, a huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because he saw, they saw miracles, signs as he healed the sick. Why were they following him? Because they saw the evidence of his power. And then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples. And when he came, and when, and Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Now watch this. It says, turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? And he was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. I love this because I, I want you to think about this. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus had just finished doing all these miracles. And you know what Jesus does? He sits on this hill after, take, after taking this tour of miracles, signs, and wonders. And he sits on a hill. And as he's on this hill, he, he looks over to Philip and he says, Yo, Philip, how are we going to feed all these people? And I don't know about you, but when I look at this, I'm like, you ever had someone ask you a question and your immediate response is, why are you asking me? You know what I mean? Like, why are you asking me? What does that have to, that's not my problem. How many of us ever had that response? Like, that's not my problem. I only got one, I only got two kids. I ain't got, don't need my kids. Right? And Jesus, I love this because Jesus looks to Philip to find the resolution. And I really think what Jesus is doing is saying, hey, 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 look at this crowd. Look at this crowd. Do you see what I see? Hey, 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 Philip, come here, come here, come here. Do you see what I see? Do you see the resolution before it manifests? He says, where, where are we going to get all this, this money? And, and this is what I thought. Like, Philip is like, he's like, man, we, we, we can't afford. There's no way. He says, turning to Philip, he asked, 
where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip because he already knew what he's going. And, and, and uh, Philip's response is a very practical response. Hey, no matter how much we work, we cannot feed these people. And I think many times we try, the, to, we try to find the answer of why we can't do something rather than seek Jesus and the calling that he's, he's uh, asking us to respond to. See, I'm, how many of you ever, see, I think sometimes, <laughs> I think sometimes we want God to resolve our problems as long as it doesn't incorporate us in the process. <laughs> See, many times we want, we want God to move as long as it doesn't cause us to move. See, we want God to answer at as long as it doesn't incorporate us in the process. See, how many, how many of you have ever prayed that prayer? Like, oh, God, can you heal this world? I'm calling you to do it. No, sorry, it's okay. Right? It's like, God, please, Lord, Lord, can you just... Can you just feed the hungry God? Feed, I mean, you pray, we pray this routine in prayer. We just pray for our food. We're eating our chicken tender melt with Monterey Jack cheese and French fries and all that good stuff, right? And then we have that extra fat honey mustard dip. Oh, that's good. I'm vegan and I still slip. Like. <laughs> like, and Lord, bless those that don't have to eat. I'm I'll be the first one. Bless those as long as it doesn't involve me blessing them. Right? Just like, God, I want you to, this, was, this is how Ignite started. Ignite NYC started. I went to uh, Ignite New Jersey, and I remember it was like one of those burning bush moments that God chiseled his word in my heart. Like chiseled his word in my heart. And I remember being there and I feel the presence of God. And I'm seeing God move in the location in New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey, where over a thousand people are coming together, right? In one of the worst parts in New Jersey and one of the worst parts in the world. At one time considered the highest murder rate in all of the country, Newark, New Jersey. Check this out. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, Lord, will we ever see something like this in Staten Island, God? And I feel the Holy Ghost because I'm like in the Shata moment. I'm like, hallelujah, glory to God. Lord, let's see something like this in Staten Island. And I hear the voice of God. You do it. Hold on a second. Hold on. Take it con take it easy. Cojalo con take it easy, right? And I'm there and I'm saying, Lord, will we ever, like I'm really going in. Like I'm, I'm asking God, Lord, will we ever see something like this in Staten Island? He goes, you do it. You do it. And that's when you, like, you hear the voice of God, but, like, you start rebuking stuff. And you know God is talking to you. And you're just, like, looking for reasons not to do something. You're looking for reasons. Oh, no. I... And I said, Lord, this is what I told the Lord. It's crazy. This is what I told the Lord. I said, Lord, I can't because I have a church to plant. And I can't do Ignite and plant the church at the same time. That's what I told the Lord. I was like, <laughs> as if the Lord forgot. <laughs> as, if, as if the Lord didn't call me to plant the church. <laughs> Hold on a second. I have to plant the church. I can't do Ignite. And the Lord says, you do it. See, because as long as there's a need, and as, as long as there's people, there will always be a need. And as, as long as there is a need, there will always be a calling of God for his people to meet the need. 
See, oftentimes we look to God and we want to place the things that God has placed in our lap back in his. See, how many of you want to see the world be saved for Christ? Amen. Praise the Lord. Can we give the Lord a round of applause? We all want to see the world be saved, but he says, go out and make disciples. Hold on a second. Right? And I think that sometimes we just got, we want God to move in this world as long as it doesn't incorporate movement from us. We want God to do the supernatural without us doing the natural. We want God to do the miraculous without us doing the difficult. But I'll tell you this, if you're willing to do the difficult, God will do the miraculous. See, if you're willing to do what he's called you to do, if you're willing to do what he's called you to do, he will do what you cannot do. Amen? We can't say take your time today because we ain't got no time. Are you willing to see what I see? Are you willing to see? Are you willing to invest? Watch this. Are you willing to invest in the invisible? Are you willing to invest in what, not, what has not manifested yet? Are you willing to see that there is a solution before the problem ever comes? Are you willing to see what I see, Philip? And I love this, this idea where it says, it says, he turned to Philip. He turned to Philip. I think that Christ, I think that Jesus Christ is turning to Kuhau today. And he's turning to Kuhau and he say, hey, Kuhau, do you see what I see? Do you see the crowd before it gets here? He saw the crowd from afar and he says, there's going to be a problem when they get here. Are you willing to see the crowd before it gets here? And are you willing to see the solution and the vision and the purpose? That, why? Because he says, because I know what I'm going to do. I'm just wondering if you see it too. See, Jesus knows what he's going to do with Kuhau, but he's wondering if you could see it too. And Philip's response is very practical, but it's not very purposeful. And he says, he was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. He says, listen, man, we, we, could, we can go get two jobs. We can go work double time. We can work overtime. We can go beyond and above, and it still won't be enough. See, he's looking for all the reasons why he can't do what God has called him to do. You know why? Because he's looking at his capacity, not his calling. And I want to su submit to you today. That if we're going to see beyond, if we're going to see the vision of God's church, we got to be able to see beyond your capacity and see your calling. See, because if, you're, if you only have your eyes focused on your capacity and you only see if your capacities, if you only see your capacity as too little, then what God has called you to do will always be too much. See, many times we simply see what is before us and we only see what we're capable of doing, but God has called us to go beyond what we're capable of doing and go beyond to what he's called us to do. And sometimes what God has called you to do requires you to go beyond your comfort, beyond your capability, beyond what you think you can do and accomplish. God is saying, are you willing to walk on water even though that defies the, the, the laws of, of logic? 
God sees beyond your capacity. He sees your calling. See, many times when it comes to giving, we look at our capacity. But God is saying, is that what I called you to give? See, if you, if you notice the language that we use at this church is pray. We're not asking you to give just to give. We're asking you to pray and ask God. And, and do this. Give what God has called you to give. Give what God has called you to give. Because we see this throughout the scripture where we have Moses. See, Moses looked at his capacity because he saw that he could not speak, but he didn't see his calling where God was going to speak through him and deliver his people. See, Gideon only saw 300 untrained men, but he did not see the calling of God on his life where God was going to fight for him and fight through him and deliver his people in battle. See, Abraham only saw what? He only saw that he couldn't have kids. He didn't see his calling to be the father of a nation. You see, when we see Jeremiah, Jeremiah was, he said, I'm too young. I can't do this. I'm too young. That's my capacity. I can't. But he didn't see his calling to speak wisdom beyond his years. See, are you willing to see beyond your capacity and see your calling? See, God says, Philip, see, you're looking at capacity. You're looking at reasons why you can't do something. But if you look at my calling, you will find reasons why you can do everything that I've called you to do. See, there's a difference because when you walk in your calling, your capacity increases. That was better than what you amen right now. That should have been a Facebook post right there. <laughs> See, when you begin to focus on your calling, what is God calling me to do? He's calling me to walk on water. Capacity says I can't do that. But when I begin to do what he's called me to do, my capacity increases. See, well, I'm... God called me to give. What does my capacity say? Well, no, it doesn't matter what your capacity says. It, it, it matters what your Savior says. See, because if I follow what my Savior said, then my capacity increases. Amen? And so as long as you see your capacity as too little, you will always see what, what God has called you to do as too much. And I look at this church and I think about, man, Pastor Rowe, you're going to ask us to do what? Do you, do you know the people in this church, Pastor Rob? Do you think we have the capability? No, but we have the calling. Amen? Amen? Amen. Uh, oh, no, we... Pastor Church, do you know that we're only about 80 members? Do you... And half of them don't come? And... <laughs> is that shade? I don't even know if that shade. <laughs> Pastor, Pastor Rob, I don't... We got we to gotta wait until we grow to... 10,000 members, then maybe we can raise that. No. God is saying, if you walk in your calling, your capacity will follow. So God sees beyond your capacity, and he sees your calling. And so that's what it means to be a generous giver. It means to say, I'm going beyond my capacity, and I'm going to go and do what God has called me to do. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond what? Say it with me. They what? You think they were miserable when they gave beyond their ability? Guess what? No one ended up broke because of generosity. 
No one's ever gone broke because of generosity. And they say they gave beyond, that doesn't make sense. They gave beyond their ability. You know why? Because they saw what God called them to do, not what they were capable of doing. Amen? And so that's why in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 it says, God loves a cheerful giver. Everybody say cheerful. Everybody say put a smile on your face. <laughs> say smile. Say I know you're having a good time. Just notify your face. He says, God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. Well, Pastor Rowe, does he, does he not love the rest, of, the, the rest of everybody? No. He loves a cheerful giver. He loves everyone. Guess what? Even if you don't give, he loves you. But the, the word here, cheerful, actually, it's, in, it's an original language. It's, it's hilaros, which means settled in their giving. That means peace in their giving. I've already settled in my heart to put God first. I've already settled in my heart. Cheerful, and some of that, I'm not going to give because I'm never cheerful about giving. Then you shouldn't give. Let God touch your heart. See, because we're not looking for, we're not looking to get something from you. We're looking to impart something for you. And so many times we think cheerful giving is someone showing up and just can't wait. I just can't wait to give the offering today. And they showed up with their poom-poom shorts and their pom-poms. Just not me, huh? No visuals here. I came suited up today, you know what I'm saying? Someone told me, you look very pastoral today. I said, well, thank you. Finally recognized as a pastor. Um, that, was, that wasn't shade. That wasn't shade. Relax. I'm learning these terminologies. <laughs> you show up with your poom-poom shorts and your pom-poms. It's like, I can't wait. No, that's not what cheerful giving means. It means that you have a joy inside that surpasses all turmoil. That you have a joy inside that surpasses your bills. That you have a joy inside because you know that you're putting God first. You know what the Bible says before that? It says, don't be coerced. Don't, don't give because you're manipulated to give. Don't give because, all right, Pastor Rowe. Whatever you say, <laughs> cut that out. Oh, Pastor Rowe, we just cut that out. Have peace of God in your heart. That's what God wants. He says, I want to see. I love a cheerful giver. This word love actually means you catch God's attention. It says, hey, amen, a cheerful giver. It's not that God loves you more. It's just he, you catch his attention. Whoo. Whoo. That's a person that trusts in me. That's a person that chose to put me first. That's a person that looks at their pay paycheck and they don't think about bills. They, thinks about, they think about who it belongs to. Amen. Amen? He loves a cheerful giver. And I thank God at this house, we have a generous church. And we have a church that is settled in their heart to be cheerful givers. Amen? When you're settled in your heart... You you're able to start seeing what God sees. You're able to invest in the vision of the church. You're able to invest in the vision for God's house. And that's today's message, a heart for God's vision. And what does that mean? Do you see in your heart what God sees? A heart for God's vision is saying, I want to see in my heart what God sees. The Bible says that the eyes of your heart may be opened 
to see all that God has for you. That your eyes of your heart, so this is not something that you visually see, but this is something you believe in your heart. I believe. And I believe at Christ and Sensitor, in this world, the number one thing that has brought people to Jesus is the church. The number one thing that has, the place that has gathered more believers, the place that has built more people, that has equipped more people in the, in the entire globe is something called the church. Everybody say church. So do you see what God has for Kuhau? Do you have, here, here's the question, do you have a heart for his house? Do you have a heart for this house? Can I just talk for a little bit? A little bit? I'm going to try to do that without getting my preacher voice on. Do we have a heart for his house? Do we have a heart for Kuhau? And here's the heart for God's church. If you're here today, I believe that God's heart for every single believer is this. It's a journey. Everybody say a journey. It is to know God. Everybody say know God. It's to find freedom. It's to discover your purpose. And it's to make a difference. In this church right here, we exist so that people can know God, that they can find freedom, that can, they can discover their purpose, and they can make a difference wherever God has placed them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus one more time. So we want to we be uh, extra clear, extra clear at what's the heart of Kuha? What's the heart for this church? And I just want to go through some details today. Um, and there's three areas that we want to make it crystal, crystal clear what the heart for, of Kuhau is. What is it that Kuhau uh, is looking to invest in? Amen? And so what is the heart of Kuhau? It's three areas that God is calling us to invest in. Number one is church expansion. Okay, we believe that God, the Bible says that, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Everyone say everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea. So it's in Jerusalem, throughout Judea. In Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Amen. And so our local initiative is church expansion. We believe that God is calling us to expand. Uh, I thank God for this church. I thank God for this building. But I also know and I am also reassured that God is calling us to step outside these four walls. I also believe that God is calling us to a larger location. I mean, if 40 people showed up, if 10, 20 people showed up right now, we would not have a place to sit them. They would have to go into the killed children's ministry. That came out wrong, right? Children's ministry. That was horrible. Um, and so church expansion um, includes a new location. Everybody say a new location. We have about 80 seats in this sanctuary and uh, a new location or portable church, uh, which would mean that we would um, find either a school or a hall where we can set up. It's one of the most economical ways of having church, but it also gives room for expansion. Uh, it also gives room to go into double services. It gives us a larger space. It we're looking for seating for over 165 people, and that will double. So in other words, this has about 80 chairs. We're looking for a place that, has, that can house double the amount of people that we house now. Amen? 
Uh, we're also looking for optional option for two services. We want to be able to have multiple services. We know that we have some morning people, 11 a.m., and we have some evening people. And we want to be able to facilitate a place where we can have a morning service and we can have also an afternoon service. A school or a hall will be able to facilitate those things where we can set up and have church. And I believe this, that anywhere the church of God shows up, it's his sanctuary. Amen. Whether it's a school, whether it's a movie theater, whether it's a hall, whatever it is, any place that these people show up, God just showed up in the building. Amen. Uh, and also better exposure. We want to be able to um, uh, have better exposure uh, and not only let those in the area know, but we, everyone that surrounds us know that we're there. How many know that you could have a diamond, but if it's under a couple of rocks, you're not going to be able to see it. If it's a hidden treasure, you don't know it's there. We want to let the world know that there's a good church. It's a good church. I've been to a lot of churches. There's a good church. Amen? And two separate children's classroom. Two separate children's classroom. Our kids are resilient. I don't know if you noticed that. They are you know, I went back there. I, as I go over there, I, before the service, I'm back there and I'm praying. I'm asking the Lord to just, just you know, I'm just praying and spending some time with the Lord. And I'm, I look at the kids' ministry. And in this building, again, it's been a blessing. Amen. This building has been a blessing to you. Give God some praise in this house. Some of you found Jesus here. Some of your lives were transformed in this building. Amen. Some of you were baptized in this building. And I thank God for this building. But we also know that God doesn't call us to be emotionally attached to a place. But he calls us to be attached to a person. And, 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 if, he's, and if he moves, then we move with him. Amen. And so I went to the back. And I'm in the back. And, I'm, and the kids, you know, <laughs> The kids are freezing back there because <laughs> it's cold back there. And I'm just, I said, thank God for this building, but I know that God has called us to step out. Amen. And there's only one room really that facilitates the type of needs that we have for this church. Uh, and we're kind of, we're kind of, you know, we're kind of limited based upon this building, the things that we believe that God has called us to do. And so we want to be able to take the kids ministry to a whole nother level. Jenny, I saw like six people get happy. Everybody else was like, I don't know about them kids. You could keep them. <laughs> but I believe that God is calling this year for 2017. We want to be able to say that we have one of the best kids ministry in all of Staten Island, New York. Amen. And so uh, with the money that we're going to raise, with, with, with uh, the challenges that we're, call, that we're called to step up to, we believe that our children's ministry, we're going to be able to have a new curriculum. We want to be able to get a new curriculum uh, completely devoted to kids' ministry, and that's going to cost some money. We want to get new programs that will help facilitate the needs for the kids' ministry. We want to get new equipment for the kids. I, I, can I be honest? I want to give our kids the best this go-around. I know last year... Last year, a lot of the, our investment towards God's kingdom went towards purchasing everything that we needed to have a mobile church. And thank God, like I said, we own all those things. Or should I say, we steward all those things because they belong to God. But God has given us possession of those things, and we don't, we're not in debt to anyone about those things. But we also want to be able to this go around to give the very best we can towards our kids' ministry. Amen? 
And so even with the money that is collected towards Heart to Give Sunday, we're going to give more than 10%, maybe about 2,000 out of those 15,000 unto the kids' ministry. Can we praise God for that? And that, go, that goes into new equipment and new training. Uh, I've been having discussions about training our children's staff how to deal with the needs of special needs children. We know that that is a, that is a lack in Staten Island, and we want to be able to be one of the first churches in Staten Island that say, hey, if you have kids with special needs, we have people that are trained and certified to deal with the needs of your child. Amen? It's, a, it's a difficult in Staten Island. But that's what we believe. We believe that we, we can get staff who are trained, and that's going to cost money. But guess what? It's towards the vision. It's God saying, hey, do you see what I see for this church? Do you see what I see? Are you willing to invest in the invisible until it becomes visible? Amen? Uh, so we have church expansion. We also have community outreach. Everybody say community outreach. And so community outreaches, our two uh, arms for this have really been helping hands. And we've been able to uh, bless families upon families with uh, some food shopping, with some needs that they may have had financially. Last year, we were able to do about 12 families a uh, year. That's one family per month that we've been trying to uh, uh, be generous to. And that's just someone that has a special need. Uh, uh, or a financial need in particular. And we also have Ignite NYC. Like we said two years ago, we've used uh, this ministry, Ignite NYC, to reach, let me tell you, hundreds of kids that don't know Jesus. And I think that's pretty awesome because I sat with one of the pastors of one of the largest churches in Staten Island, and he says, man, I don't think we've seen anything like Ignite in the last decade. And so I thank God that in Staten Island, New York, in our city where God has called us, Ignite is being a beacon of hope. It's a light shining bright in a very dark place. And we're able to reach young people that if we don't reach them now, let me tell you, Christ and Sons. I was talking to my son the other day. He's 11 years old. This year he'll be 12. You know what that means. Next year he's going to be a teenager. Pray for me. And I was talking to him. And I was talking to him. This is what I was telling him. I said, you know, you know there was a time that kids played with their neighborhood friends? He was like, for real? Because the general, listen, listen, if we don't invest in the church today, there will not be a church for our kids tomorrow. I, in a second, my son is 11 years old. In a second, my son is 11, he's going to be 13 years old next year. Thank God I don't have gray hairs yet. In a second. And God is calling us to invest in the church today because there are churches closing down. I just heard that there was a church that started at the same time, Kuhau. Guess what? They shut down three months ago. See, if we don't invest in the church today, there will not be a church for our children tomorrow. And our, our watch this, our church, our kids will go to college and they will learn about a God that doesn't exist. Well, why do you believe in that? God doesn't exist. Who's the one teaching that God, the church of God? And I just, I just want to say, hey, we're going to reach our kids and we're going to reach our teenagers and we're going to let them know that there is a God that we serve, a God that will give you purpose, a God that will give you meaning, a God that will validate you, a God that will call you to his wonderful purposes. I'm going to ask uh, Sister Fran to come up. Let's give it up for Sister Fran real quick. Woo!
AKA Halle Berry with the haircut. <laughs> Hi, Kuhau. Oh, how do you find that? Where's my slide? Okay. So, helping hand. Helping hand is to me, wow, it's what my vision is for Kuhau as far as giving goes. Because it it just it, it reinforces, helping hand reinforces what Kuhau is. Kuhau is a giving church, and if, if you can look at the, just look at the numbers for 2016, and as Pastor Rose said, you know, uh, we have these uh, gift cards that we purchase once a month to, to bless a family, you know, it, exactly that, give a helping hand or a little boost, a financial boost, so that they can provide food for their families. So this year we did 12 families, we, we sponsored 12 families, we have Five children, so talk about reaching. We're reaching all over the world because the, um, the uh, World Vision, it reaches all over the world. It's not just here in Staten Island. It's not just in America. It's all over the world. We have a, a missionary that we support. It's called Grace Children's Home, and they're in Mexico. So it's not, we're not limited, okay? We reach, you know? We reach with God's arms. And we also sponsor Teen Challenge. Teen Challenge is a, is a ministry that um, not only helps teenagers, because that's what it sounds like, but it's a ministry that gives uh, help to drug addicted, alcohol addicted people. And I, I know why they call it Teen Challenge. They call it Teen Challenge because when you're doing drugs, that's where you stop, okay? That's where your brain stops growing, okay? So they help these people to grow and to, to serve God. And it's, it's, a, it's a really wonderful ministry. And then we have Redbox through the Salvation Army where we provide once a month a monthly uh, donation so that we can feed a family, sponsor a family in need. And they provide that, you know, that, uh, that service. And it, it's beautiful because it's, again, you know, you're not just looking in your own backyard or in your own church or whatever. We're expanding and we're looking further. Now for two, and we also, for 2016, as Pastor Rose said, we went to um, United Cerebral Palsy, which if, if you have the opportunity this year to do it with us, it is the most satisfying, gratifying ways to, uh, to bless others. Just, uh, we were blessed, right? Whoever went, whoever attended, who, who attended when we went to UCP? It was fantastic. They, the look on their face when we were singing Christmas carols was just priceless. So you, you can reach without, you know, without that much of an effort. It didn't take any money. We, everybody bought a gift for the children, and it was beautiful. It was just beautiful. Amen? So, uh, and along with that, um, we had a Thanksgiving uh, blessing. And w with our partners at Salvation Army, they provided some, some food, and we were able to reach over 10 families. So that was also another way that Helping Hands, and this is why it's, it's, I'm so passionate about it, because they, um, they were blessed. And you know, you get feedback from, from people, and, and they're just they're blown away by the generosity of, of the church. But it's not us. It's all God. And you know, he gives us that passion and that desire to help others. So for talking of vision, so for 2017, 
we want to bless 24 families in a, in a year's time, maybe more. I don't, I don't want to limit God, Pastor Rowe. What about you? I don't want to limit him. And so, uh, so 24, I say more. Uh, I say God says more. We sponsor five children right now all over the world. We say 10, God says more. Okay? We want to increase our financial support to um, Grace Children's Home, to Teen Challenge, to Redbox. Maybe we can sponsor two. God says more. I believe it. I believe it. I think that this year we can, out, we can have an outreach with Thanksgiving that's like none other that we've seen. God can do it. God can do it. But it's what God puts in all of your hearts that makes it possible. Because without all of you, we cannot do this. Helping hand wouldn't exist. But with you, Helping Hand is going to flourish beyond what those numbers say for 2017. I see it, I believe it, and I pray for it. Okay, we have a, we have a um, video from Grace Children's Home, which is the missionary in Mexico that, that we support, so just take a look. Amen. Amen. I'm just, I got to meet them when I went to Mexico and they've been just a blessing. Uh, we also have our Compassion International, some of what Helping Hands does. And um, these are our partners where we support uh, that brother, Omar. He's part of Yugo Ministries that we support him financially. And he's actually a missionary in an orphanage and he's making a difference in people's lives. Last point of the day, write this down. <clears throat> God sees beyond the size, he sees the sacrifice. God sees beyond the size, he sees the sacrifice. And sometimes we just like, God, uh, you know, it's the, it's the amount. God, if I've had people tell me, Pastor Rowe, the moment I win the lotto, I will tithe from my winning ticket and I will give it to the church and the church. Oh, the moment I win the lotto, we're buying the church a whole building. God's not about the size. He sees beyond the size. It's not about your size. It's about the sacrifice. See, because $100 for me might be a small sacrifice, but $100 for you might be an enormous sacrifice. And God is looking to see not the size, but the sacrifice. Amen? Are you willing to be stretched? Pull me. Are you willing to stretch? Are you willing to stretch a little bit further? Are you willing... To see beyond a size. Oh, I, wait, wait till I get the lotto. Watch. I'm telling you. Woo! I'm telling you. I'm going to hook the church up. I'm going to hook them up. Pastor Raw, I'm going to hook you up with a new suit. See, we, got, we, we, can't, we can't. Watch this. We can't. We get so stuck in wishing. And God is saying, are you willing, what are you willing to do with the small you have now? See, this, this boy had five loaves and two fish. He didn't have 
a feast. But when he was able to give and sacrifice, how many of you guys know that if I send my son with five loaves and two fish to school and he tells me someone else ate it, we're going to have some problems. But he sacrificed his lunch for the day and said, God, here it is. And here's the deal. He didn't know what God was going to do with it. But that's what the T90X challenge is. It says, God, I'm going to put you first. I don't know what you're going to do with this, but I know one thing you are going to do with it, and that's multiply it to be a blessing towards others. God doesn't see beyond the size. He sees the sacrifice. I want to ask you three questions. Three questions to ask yourselves. Number one, do I sacrifice my comfort to put God first? Do I sacrifice my comfort to put God first? Do I, number two, do I typically give out of what is extra or do I allow God to stretch my giving? Number three, when I give, do I start with what I can't or with what God wants me to give? Luke chapter 12 says, sell the things you have and give that money to those in need. This is the only way you can keep your riches from being lost. You will be, watch this, this is, the, this is the key verse right here. You will be storing up treasures in heaven that last forever. Are you willing to sow in the invisible? Are you willing to sow in something that may not be here yet, but one day will be? He, he looks he looks afar, he says, hey, do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? And I love this kid because he says, I may not see it fully, but here you go. Here it is. Are you willing to sow treasures in heaven. And so there's a few types of givers, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. There's a few type of givers, and I, can someone give me a baton here? We have uh, what we call offering givers, and uh, let, me, let me get a couple of these. We have what we call an offering giver, you know, someone that, you know, you just give, maybe you're here today, and you're, you, just, you just give kind of like where well, this is where, you know, I just come here, and it's kind of like a tip. You know, you get, you already know what you're going to give. Like, I'm a, I'm a $5 tipper. I'm cheap, right? I'm just like, <laughs> I try to give 15% of the bill, right? That's the right thing to do, or 20%, all right? It's 25. And so, uh, sometimes we come to church that way. We already know what we're going to give. We don't let God minister to us, and we just kind of like, and then there's those that are biblical givers, and that's the tithe. Everybody say tithe. Tithe. Tithe is giving a penny out of every dime. That's all. You just give a penny out of every dime. And what the T90X challenge is, is saying, are you willing to put God first in your finances? Which means this. Watch. Are you willing to put God first in your finances? Tithe 90 days and see God multiply in your life. The Bible says, test me in this. Test me and see if it's not true. Who is God calling to give 10%? Who is God calling to tithe? If you're not working, if you don't have a source of income, he's not speaking to you. Because he says, if I provided you, he says, are you willing to put me first with the wealth that I've given you? Are you hearing me? And so maybe you're here and you're, you're a non-giver. For this Vision Sunday... We're asking you to move one step up and become a giver in any capacity. See, if you're a non-giver, maybe you're here for the first time, we're not speaking to you. Enjoy the service. Or maybe you're an offering giver, and you just kind of give 
as you come, you just give, you know, a couple of dollars here, a couple of dollars there, and that's okay. We're grateful for every penny that God has called you to sow into the kingdom. But we're asking for this 2017 to step up in your generosity, step up in your giving, and move into a tithe giver. Get started on the T90X challenge and begin to put God first in your finances. And if you're a tithe giver, we're asking you to continually be munificent by asking, hey, Pastor Rowe, what projects could I invest in? Is there anybody that in need that maybe I can support? Is there anybody in need that maybe I can go food shopping for? People, there's people in this church that have come to me and say, Pastor Rowe, is there anybody in need in the church? And I just see their generosity and their heart to serve people. So that's the T90X challenge. It's saying, God, I'm going to put you first in my finances. If God supplies you $200 a week, how much are you giving to God? $20. Amen? Are you willing to be stretched? Are you willing to go further? And this is what I believe, like, God is calling us to run with the vision. And sometimes, Abraham, come here for a second. I need you to do a P90X challenge right now. God gives you the baton. Or God is running. And he says, he says are you willing to see what I see for this church, Kuhau? Are you willing to see the people that will be blessed because of your sowing? Are you willing to see the multitudes that will be fed because you're willing to give your five loaves and two fish? He goes, here, distribute it. And oftentimes, God is running. Okay, okay. Run, run, run. Help me out, Abraham. Come on. That handsome brother right there. He's running. He's running. He's running. He's running. He's running. Okay, keep running. Keep running. Keep running. Keep running. Help me out. Come on, one more time. Shouldn't have ate that bacon, egg, and cheese this morning. And you know what I realized? Keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going. Don't stop until I tell you. Here's what happens. God has passed the baton to, to people. And there are people running with the vision of this church. There are people that are running. Keep going, keep going. But you know what I realized? Watch this. See, many times we want people to stop before we get the baton passed. But how many of you guys know when you're about to pass the baton? Okay, keep going, keep going. See, when you're passing the baton, there's a person that's called, they get a head start, and they start running with you. Go ahead. Go ahead. They start running before they get the baton passed. They start running in motion. And then they start, I don't know how long I could do this, but they start running. Frank, come run with me, Frank. Run ahead of me. Go ahead. Run ahead of me. See, sometimes you got to get into motion before the baton is passed. So you got to get into motion, get in position to run with the vision. And sometimes you got to start running before you see the manifestation. I'm out of breath already. Sometimes you got to start running before you see the manifestation. Thank you. Can we give it up for our athletes? Look at the person next to you. Tell them, run with the vision. 
run with the vision. God is calling you to run with the vision. And sometimes you got to run ahead so that you can grab the baton. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Come on, church. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.